0: Now, Swimfan proposes an interesting question, and that is, what if sex had consequences? What if <laughs> a novel concept in the year of our Lord
1: 2002? If you ever get to teach uh, reproductive health, you can just show this movie.
0: Yes, I, I bet no. I'm going to go ahead and say, don't do that. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if you open this with it as make, a joke,
1: <laughs> this doesn't make the sex ed syllabus. No, <laughs> no, no. I don't think so. No. You no. Know, you
0: could put it on a sex ed syllabus though, and that is. Well, we'll get to we'll get to that part of the show <laughs> later on.
2: That's a thing. Well, hello everybody, and welcome again to the Good Trash Genre cast. We gather around a table to discuss the films you will never discuss in a film studies course. We're true, true to our
0: mission statement this week:
2: <laughs> true facts. And this week's film is, as you've heard, Swim Fan.
0: I am still Dustin. I'm still Arthur. I am still Dalton, and I cannot believe there is not one nary one single pun about wetness within this film. Maybe it is just because I uh, uh, have been obs- obsessed with uh, Ben Shapiro's takes. You on, expected uh, a more adult w- no w- op- on, on WAP? Yeah, I have a hard time saying that, even though we've all agreed it's okay to be racist towards the Italians. <laughs> the rating is PG thirteen. Yes.
2: Yes. Correct. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, fair enough. All right, uh... they probably
0: could have eked by
1: with the PG. Honestly, uh, I mean,
0: not by much. Yeah, yeah.
1: If there had been no thrusting in the pool, then maybe.
0: Yes, yeah, that's that's what he, it's, it's the, the, the two thrust. pumps <laughs> the two pumps that get them bad sex. No, come on. With the pool. Ah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh,
2: yeah. So anyway, uh, if in case you're tuning into the show for the very first time, uh, what we do is uh, we spoil movies, but we don't do it right away. We wait. Um, we have uh, much more self-control than uh, Jesse does. And uh, therefore, we, um, we we don't do that until later on.
0: That's right. L- we wait uh, <laughs> until we have taken our, our, our vows of reviews. Roughly uh, the second act. That's right
2: to yeah, get vertical.
0: There's much more foreplay involved
2: in the, in this particular <laughs> bit of spoiler. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> this is going to be a dumb episode. Uh, I'm ready. Well, I mean, it's a dumb movie. So, yeah, what do you expect? Uh, so, we'll have a synopsis and then we'll have our thumbs up, thumbs down reviews which will be spoiler light. Then we'll do, move into a little mental exercise called expanding the syllabus trying to make this movie smart and uh, that will take some effort and also it will be spoiler moderate. And then we get to full on hardcore spoilerage at the end in which uh, we get down to business. They'll yeah,
0: be- we, we get to to know the film uh, in the biblical sense. And
2: then um, you will know all of the details. Uh, there you go, uh, in all of its harrowing detail. Uh, I am done. Arthur, please delight us with a
1: synopsis, please. Ben Cronin is the star swimmer at his high school. Stanford scouts are seeking to woo him to the West Coast, but his longtime girlfriend Amy is considering a New England school. As the daily struggles of high school get to him, a new student arrives on the scene. Madison seems nice at first, and Ben helps her out, but after one lust-filled swim at the school, Ben soon finds (laughs) his life, turned upside down as he attempts to distance himself from Madison. Can he convince others he's innocent, or will his life be forever ruined?
2: Dun-dun-dun! So there you
1: go. Dalton,
2: what
0: do you think? (sighs) I I didn't want to go first. Um. All right, first up, I want to lead by saying that I'm going to take Jesse Bradford, Erica Christensen, and Sherry Appleby, put them in a little little circle that says, actors I like, In um, the off chance that they ever hear this, you're doing your best, you were young. Dan Hedaya? It was 2000, 2000- oh, Dan, I forgot about Dan Hedaya. Well, look, I mean, he's, of course, beloved we, character we, we actor Dan Hedaya can do no wrong, but he's barely in this movie, so I'm going to take her three leads. He, he and has put- an excellent pants hike. There's an excellent pants hike. Truly great coach stuff in this movie. a great moment there. Great coach performance. Anyway, I'm going to put our three leads in a little bubble, uh, protecting them from all the things I'm about to say. Oh, boy, I don't like this movie. I really don't. And uh, I I know we've watched some kind of, like, films for this show, but truly I don't know if we've ever watched a film uh, that was this technically bad as far as the rules of cinema how you make moving pictures be entertaining and interesting and engaging.
2: You mean like a camera pan to an interesting object so that we know that when it camera pans the interesting object being missing later, that it's maybe been used for something?
0: Da-da-dun. I would say that. And also, you know, just uh, logically... Uh, <clears throat> Stacking scenes, one after the next, in which uh, one scene leads into the next, actions having consequences, a film all about consequences. Uh, you know, it would be nice if a scene every once in a while would be preceded by a scene that had anything to do with it you know what i mean just once a couple a couple of filler scenes uh, and you know it's a lean 82 uh it's hard 82 minutes i should say uh so look there's not a lot uh, of room for messing around here they got to get these teens horny and scared as quickly as possible i don't know that it works that well i'm also a grown man now uh, and it's harder to uh, make me horny or afraid uh Boy, I'm going scared all the time. I'm I don't pretty... know what you're talking about. In fact,
2: mostly at the same time. Oh,
0: yeah, I'm usually both. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm just saying it takes more oh, these days. Oh, I see. In 2002, I'm pretty sure it took more than this to also make me afraid and horny. <laughs> uh, I was a much younger person. I'm pretty sure this movie still went out of tickety boxes. I could be wrong, though. Uh, I wish I had seen it in 02. Uh, I'm glad I didn't, honestly. It probably would have irreparably damaged my brain even worse than most of the media I consumed at that age. Uh, I don't know where to lay the blame. For this, uh, you could look at Throw a Rock, the two writers and the director who've not really done a whole lot I, exactly. Throw a Rock. I don't. I'm not gonna just sit here and like throw rocks at people whose careers never really took off. I mean, the director's still getting some TV work, but the the screenwriters pretty much this this is the, this is it. I mean, they both got a couple more credits. I think well, actually one of them only has another credit. Uh, but again, exactly. Pick a rock. Like Whose fault is this? 9 I don't know. Maybe. Uh, it is <laughs> El Nino. I mean, look, this movie comes out September 6th, 02. This is in production when 9-11 happens then, presumably. Look, nobody knew what movies were supposed to look like in Hollywood. Uh, they still don't. Uh, they definitely didn't uh, in that year. Uh, I-, I guess all of that to say, yeah, sometimes movies are just bad. Uh, sometimes uh, every scene is color-coded. uh For no reason at all, other than it's a movie about swimming tangentially. Uh, Literally, every scene looks like it was shot inside of the pool, which is, I guess, fun in terms of like this moody kind of teen noir look they're going after. But I don't know, Brick comes out three years after this. Uh, There's just so many, so many times as this story uh, or this setting. Uh, been deployed in a much more effect uh, and by setting i mean uh, you know uh, uh, somebody who wants to murder somebody they had sex with uh i don't know i just bored by this movie uh, i had to make jokes at it to myself while watching it by myself uh when my uh, the, the missus woke up about halfway into me watching this was like oh is this swim fan uh immediately was unable to keep up because of all of the like tiny bits of vo that uh, remind us what's happening within the plot of this film uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just not good. Uh, and normally it's it's fun sometimes to, to box a, little, a movie that's uh, not good. I don't know. I take no joy in this. This isn't fun for me. It's a $10 million budget. It made $30 It's a big fart. Nobody remembers it. Everybody references it to bring up whatever happened to Erica Christensen and Jesse Bradford. Uh, I don't know, man. This movie after she made traffic, I don't know. She got that parenthood gig. That seems like it was probably a fun job. A lot crying, but. I don't. Know, people like that show. It's okay. I've seen it a couple seasons. I don't know. It's bad. It's not good. You're not missing anything. I hope you enjoy the next forty five minutes or so of us trying to make any sense of what happened. Uh, it, it may very well be the worst thing we've ever watched. Uh, I reward us no points, and may God have mercy on our souls. Very good. Very good. Thank you for that, Mister
1: Dalton Stewart. Hey, Arthur. What do you think of Swim Fan? Every time I watched Parenthood, I was just like, "Hey, there's Swim Fan." <laughs> um, I did too because I was like, I remember these trailers. Yeah, uh, I, I watched this movie probably in two thousand two on, on DVD. Uh, okay, VHS. I don't remember. I did it make
0: DVD. you scared and or horny? Well, I don't, in don't remember any capacity. either of those things happening. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was more of a Glass House kind of guy. Sure, uh, sure. Lily Sobieski uh, for the win. Uh, it's not so much that this is bad. I, I, uh, it is objectively bad, yes, but it's also very bland mm-hmm. um, and very, as you said, boring. Uh, I, I felt a lot back to our discussion of the Italian Job remake mm. uh, we discussed a couple years ago. And there we posited, you know, it's not a bad thing to be, you know, quote-unquote, by the numbers. But being by the numbers and boring is is the sin.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. Like, there's the, the meeting Jesse's, uh, Ben's friends scene that's, like, copy-pasted over from Scream. Yeah. And then we just spend no time with those characters yeah, whatsoever, despite the fact well, that... Well, they come back. Yeah, it, I was about to say, they come back and one of... And necessarily, exactly. One of those characters ends up being the reason they were able to, uh, you know, reach a resolution in this film. Thank somehow. Plot. Yeah, somehow.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's rough. Uh, it's easy to see why uh, Bradford was kind of pegged as this young leading man. He's got that very kind of composite boy-next-door door charm and charisma, plus he's, he's got those... Hot prince, non-threatening good lo- looks non-threatening way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so him just kind of picking the wrong projects and it'd be interesting to see his career go a different path if he's picking different projects at the time. Erica Christensen is all in. She's doing her best to to make this something watchable. She's chewing it up, having having as much fun as it can with it, but it just it just does not salvage anything here. Uh, it's misfiring on all cylinders. I think much like uh Dalton mentioned with bring it on a couple of weeks ago, I think this suffers heavily from the not rated R uh syndrome. Mm, yeah. I think if you, you know, make a little Wilder, get a little crazier with it, and push that r rating. you might have something on your hand, yeah but this just doesn't doesn't know what it's doing it doesn't know who it's for. it's supposed to be for teenagers, but all these people look forty um watching it now it's like are they, they they're possibly in college? They're possibly young working adults in the corporate office. Yeah,
0: it's so weird in in this world now where most teens are played by teen actors or at the very least actors in their very early 20s to watch all these 28-year-olds. Yeah.
1: It's very strange. Um, But Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's tight, 82, 83 minutes, and it just fails to do anything. It is so boom, 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 boom. We have no time to breathe, no time to get to know anybody. Uh, no time to develop anything of interest in all of this. And we're famously fans of short movies. Oh yeah, love a tight. I mean, The Fly, Flight has no fat on it, and it just hits like a meteor in the end. And it
0: goes to show you that sometimes you do need a little, a little fat on that cut because this movie also has
1: no fat. To be fair, each scene is moving the plot it along. Used a little fat.
0: Could have used some fat. Exactly. flesh it out. A just little just a too little lean. Bit.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's bad. It's it's a bad movie.
2: Very good, very good. Thank you for that, Mr. Arthur Gordon. I will um, tag in and uh, pile on. I, I thought he
1: was going to say, "I love this movie." I, I, I mean, Dustin, was, Dustin,
2: Dustin. has moves. been
0: champing at the bit for an erotic thriller for years now. We couldn't. Yeah, and, and this is what you gave. Yeah, welcome. we could have given you the Madonna one.
2: Okay, I'll, I'll tell you What's what. What's that one called? The Madonna. I've, one? I just expect
0: you to have an Evita. No, not that one. <laughs> I expect Dustin breathless. to have Breathless. Is
2: it one? Is there a Breathless with uh, Dick Tracy? Well, no, no, Breathless Mahoney is her character in Dick Tracy, but isn't she in a movie called Breathless, but not the Jean-Luc Godard? I have no idea. It's
0: around, uh, you know what, I just expected Dustin to have an encyclopedic knowledge of all erotic thrillers. I don't
2: really, this is not a genre I know very well. (laughs) Except for Basic Instinct.
0: But, well, I do know that one.
2: Um, I will say this about the erotic thriller. The erotic thriller is also just sort of an off-branch of the psychological thriller. Totally. And what you need for a psychological thriller to work is psychology. And and,
0: yeah, yeah, okay, okay. (laughs) And you're
2: gonna have to know something of the psychology of these characters, and you don't get that. You get a line drop that um, Jesse Bradford's character had a past history with drugs, and you know, getting six months in juvie.
0: What must be nice to only get six months, Jess? What'd you do there, Bud? Uh, what? Uh, but, you know, there there needs
2: to be a little bit more meat on that proverbial bone, and uh, the, the, uh, as we were saying, which, fatty meat in this particular case. And so, yeah, as you guys are saying, that's what's lacking, is I just don't have enough investment in what's going on. I don't, I don't have the investment in uh, Ben and Amy's relationship to start with. I mean, I get that they're teenagers and they're in love, but I need more than just, you know— This is the captain of the swim team who's in love with the pretty brunette. I I need some more going on, you know, with their relationship itself. And it just doesn't happen. And also, uh, Erica Christensen going crazy. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. She doesn't. I mean, the the camera sort of makes us know as an audience that she's doing crazy. But we really don't see that performance until the sort of penultimate scene there. And, you know, spoilers I'll avoid. But she goes big there in one couple lines, and we really needed to have more of that before.
0: Yeah, as nutso as this film gets in the last 20 minutes, uh, you'd think that some of that could have been sprinkled throughout the uh, first 60. You know what I mean? Because it does kind of get kooky in a fun way towards the end, but not... Nearly enough to salvage everything that's come before. Uh, By the way, the film I was thinking of is uh, *Body of Evidence*, co-starring Willem Dafoe. Oh, wow! Uh, Do you not know about this? I need this. uh, A lawyer defends a woman accused of killing her older lover by having sex with him. That's from IMDb. That is what happens in that movie. You gotta go. You can go happy.
2: Uh, Anyway, uh, so yeah, in that sense, it is a mess. Now, um, all of our lead cast, I think they have charisma for days. There's a lot of that guys uh, in terms of other up-and-coming teenage stars that you see in other things. And that's all fine and fun. But, again, just the bits and pieces that are there. Uh, and, and, and I'll say this later. Uh, well, I guess I'll say it now. Fail Attraction is the movie upon which this is based, and it does really very much follow the basic plot beats of Fatal Attraction, and yet it doesn't go for broke in ways that fail Attraction does. For instance, there is a dog that plays prominently in this film. There is another pet in Fail Attraction that also plays prominently. The pet is part of the escalating consequences mm-hmm. and it's perfect in fatal attraction it really really works and just knowing what you know it doesn't quite doesn't quite solve itself you know and and and, and well I mean I'm gonna avoid spoilers about Fatal I don't think
0: it's spoilery to go ahead and lay the claim of misogyny at this film's feet, though.
2: Um, yeah, there's
0: definitely that, and uh, bo- both films. I think I mean, well, in both films, but I think in this one, it even again, I haven't seen Fatal Attraction. I'm kind of aware of its reputation, obviously. But uh, the points you made earlier about this film having, you know, no interest in uh, Sherry Appleby's character or Erica Christensen's character does kind of not only create these a lot of these plot problems we're talking about, but does also bring up uh, just you know thematic concerns that are uh, kind of crushing this film under their weight.
2: For sure. And I don't want to give fatal attraction too much of a pass there. Glenn Close is, she simply is, she's essentially mentally ill. I mean, that's all, you really don't know how or why or any, you know, sort of depth there. But you do see the bits and pieces of her symptoms. And uh, a, a person who knew more psychology than I did could probably make a diagnosis based on what they see. But that being said, that little bit of extra interest does keep one's interest as opposed to the utter lack of interest in watching Swim Fan. So I am done um, taking a dump on the movie for now. Um, I will say more things to dump on it, I am sure. Uh, you uh, have yet more BMs to pass. I, uh, see. Yeah, I have many, 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 many. So uh, there you go, dear listener. Those are our thoughts uh, regarding swim fan. Let's move on and uh, do our little thought experiment in which you're teaching a university-level course, and you're using this movie for something. What's the course What's the extra reading? What's the extra
1: viewing? How are you tackling that, Arthur? I think I would do like maybe a pop culture sociology thing. Okay. I'm not quite sure. I want to call it Make Mine a Meme. Uh, and I want to talk about memes and how uh, stories become memes, especially Ooh, in modern day. Yeah, uh, especially
0: got, yeah, in, in a time in which we know for a fact that some, you know, streaming services are very concerned about the memeability
1: of their their shows. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a big marketing tactic now. How many good gifts that does that pilot episode? Yeah, have? can you get you a good hashtag out of it? Uh-huh. You know, something like that. Uh, so I would start with uh, how memes help form today's culture around movies and TV by Shadet over at Film School Rejects. Um, found this little article today. Really does go into that. It references, I, I believe this is the article that references um, straight out of Compton and the kind of the memeability of that straight out of cover art that mm-hmm. they used that the Dalton used on a photo once. Mm. Uh, no, 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 well. he was used upon a photo of me. That's yeah, six one way I've done the other. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Um, but I think it's, uh, memes, you know, that kind of whole thing is just interesting to me. It's not a new term. I think mm-hmm. Richard Dawkins uh, terms it or coins it in seventy something or other. Uh, and kind of speaks to this. And memes have been, around. I mean, we've never called them that until the internet age. But I think you know, where's the beef was a meme. Totally. I mean, all the stuff in the right. '90s, all these, you know, whether it was a catchphrase from a TV show or or a commercial uh, tagline, whatever it was. Yeah, it's
0: like uh, this weird meeting point of uh, of culture and ideology becoming a thought virus. Yeah, and
1: even if you don't see something, you you know, it becomes a thing. Uh, Ally McBeal's Dancing Baby is another infamous infamous one from Mm. the 90s to 96, uh, where that just permeated pop culture through TV and commercials and everywhere. Uh, And the internet just kind of really... Was able to become a groundswell for meme ability, uh, whether it was through TV or films. And I think it's just fascinating and how memes can do that. And the article actually goes into how memes can help people connect with media because they want to know where the joke came from. What's the source of the joke? Sure. And so I think that's just an interesting process. And so I've got some movies, a swim fan being one of them. Uh, like I said, you know, the reference to Erica Christensen's character in Parenthood as, oh, hey, there's a swim fan. I mean, that, that meme ability there, swim fan enters the lexicon uh, as a term people understand and reference, uh, much like Catfish. Yeah. uh, Which is weird
0: because this movie's not, like, again, I'm trying to remember, I remember this being a movie people were aware of. Uh, I mean, I'm a young kid when this film comes out, so I'm not following culture as I am now, but, like, I don't, I don't know if this has the cachet of something like even catfish. Again, that's yeah. a post-internet
1: film, so it's yeah. easier
0: for something to kind of well, get its like teeth into
1: the culture. G- but Geely, another movie nobody sees, obviously riding on the success of Lo, uh, Lopez and Affleck. Yeah, sure.
0: Everybody's aware of
1: Geely. Yeah. That's bad, allegedly. And I'm, I mean, I was sixteen when this came out, and so I remember it being everywhere. I remember you know being interested enough to actually rent it or watch it or whatever. Um, but the fact that it you know does kind of pervasively enter the lexicon at that level at yeah. that time really maybe because the advent of more online communities where that can become a thing i don't know uh, it's just really interesting from there i'd probably uh, another one i'd go with the seven uh and i'd go talk about the <laughs> how memes have reduced that inning to a joke but also points out the weakest point in pitt's performance in that movie mm-hmm. uh, and where he goes kind of full melodrama camp and you know uh, memeing something kind of allows you to view it out of context and give you new eyes at something i think that's a really interesting uh, thought process as well thought experiment and another one would be days of future past magneto's perfection the sequence with mystique and how that's just kind of become memed almost the same way the snickers commercials have come mm. become a meme mm. right you can put anything in the bed and then have that reaction shot of uh michael fassbender saying perfection uh, and it's it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a yeah. great bit it's a great joke it could be yeah, it's just a lot of fun, uh, and I might even throw in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, how Gene Wilder became the the king of the meme uh, somehow with his sarcastic response, which doesn't actually fit that character, I don't think, and it's a really unique uh, way to see how that enters the the discourse and online channels.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially, and uh,
1: this might not even be the class for it, but if you
0: dare... Uh, crack the egg of uh, the memification of American politics or, you know, 2014 to present, uh, it definitely like takes an even more,
1: yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say insidious turn, uh, but also just like a a more head-scratching one. Well, I mean, you ruffle somebody's hair on national TV and it kind of changes the game. Um, So here we (laughs) are. Well, and if you find somebody has packaged and presented uh,
0: a thought you've had a hard time articulating and, you know, uh, the ever, ever uh, convenient form of words and pictures together, boom. Uh, that's now. Now you've now you've been incepted. Yeah. The, the, now you have been meme septed. Meme-cepted. Meme-cepted. We yeah. haven't even
1: talked about auto tuning the news, which I think would fit in here well as oh, well. Oh, good stuff there. Yeah. Uh, which would be a lot of fun. But yeah, that would be my course or my section of my course. I probably wouldn't yeah. been a lot of time. Maybe a, a class or two to media this. studies course. Yeah, yeah. But I think it'd be a culture. lot of fun to just engage yeah. with media in this way and, and kind of open up that dialogue with with students. Which for,
0: I think for Swimfan especially, right? Like it's more useful to talk about. Uh, just a general like media literacy, like as Dustin mentioned, then to talk about it like as a work of art, as a work of filmmaking. Yeah, yeah, exactly, for sure. All right,
2: thank you very much for that, Mister Arthur Gordon. Hey, Dalton, how are you expanding the syllabus?
0: Oh boy, how am I indeed, Dustin? Well, it's it sure is strange uh, to watch this movie uh, and feel like it could have come out in like I don't know twenty seventeen uh, because of its just like full tone deafness in terms of like. fucking how men and women interact with each other in in heterosexual relationships. Uh, And uh, this is where we're going to have to be very delicate with language, and uh, I've had a busy week, so I haven't put much thought into this class. But we'll go ahead and call it what it is, and then we'll circle back. Uh, This is the intimate partner violence thriller canon. Mm. Uh, An unpleasant uh, subgenre of the erotic thriller, I guess you could probably go ahead and say, right? Uh, There's erotic thrillers, and then there's erotic thrillers where uh, doing a sex gets you murdered or makes you the target for murder. Uh, and, and they are almost all centered around uh, characters. Uh, and again, to be fair, some of these uh, are films I have not seen. Uh, I'm just kind of aware of of, of their place within this larger uh, body of, of sub-genre. Uh, but I'll go ahead and list off the films that immediately came to mind as thinking we're going to need to talk about these. Uh, Gaslight, obviously. Yeah. Um, a couple of... Con- and Fatal Attraction as well. As Dustin mentioned, it is kind of the... Uh, the granddaddy of the last 30 years or so of this this type of film. Uh, I also think we should look at Obsessed uh, with Beyonce and the Uh I think we're definitely going to need to take a look at Enough with Jennifer uh, Lopez, uh, which is the film that I think is probably going to be the most useful in a lot of ways in this class in terms of uh, analyzing what intimate partner violence actually looks like. You know, except for the part where, yeah, with the crop maga training, we'll get there. Um, we're definitely going to be looking at Fear with uh, Marku Mark and Reese Witherspoon and Will Peterson. Is uh, that his name, William Peterson? Sure, sure. I think that's it. Will Graham, right. yeah, OG Will Grissom Graham from CSI. Yeah, weird movie, one I've seen on cable a lot. Uh, we're also going to be looking at Gone Girl, uh, the Fincher film uh, written by Jillian Flynn, which I think another one that. Is really going to complicate this conversation uh, and how movies can be bad even when they're good uh, and say bad things even when they don't mean to. Uh, I will also probably look at some of Hannibal. I know I've been bringing it up on the show constantly, what with me being in the midst of my rewatch of it. But I think that film has probably, as we've talked about, uh, as Dustin has talked about, I should say in this episode, what you need for an erotic thriller. Uh, is to recognize that it's part psychological thriller and appreciate the psychology of the people you are depicting, uh, which Hannibal goes through great lengths to do, uh, and it also finds a way to make uh, sexual intimacy non-sexual in some ways uh, by couching it in murder. Uh, but, you know, those are the kind of people that are, uh, are being depicted in, the, in that program. And again, I, I want to take all of these shows, uh, and, and uh, or this show and these films, probably some other films that I am not thinking of that we should plug in here, But I think we should look at all of these and then actually do the reading and the research on what intimate partner violence looks like in the real world. Uh, uh, Obviously, it it happens uh, both within genders and without genders, um, or betwixt genders, I should say. Um, It is a complicated social issue that's totally fucked uh, and uh, unpleasant and hard to talk about. Uh, It has to deal, uh, not only requires you to understand uh, the psychology of the perpetrators of violence but the psychology of uh, of people who are not able to extricate them si- themselves from situations involving violence uh it's yeah not going to be fun class uh but i think where it will be fun is looking at a film like swim fan and going oh boy where do we even start with like all of the things that are wrong uh and how laziness can cause you to have a film that looking back thinking about well let's say Take a name out of a hat and say Mr. Crawford, who shows up in the the cast here, who was also famously uh, fired from Lethal Weapon, the series, for not being fun to work with, to put it mildly. Uh, it it is troublesome to look at a film from 2002, think about what Hollywood's going to be going through in about 15 years, uh, and then just go, oh, okay, well this makes sense. We're just green lighting films left and right where men have bad things happen to them, and it's definitely not their fault. Uh, see also Gone Girl, but I think the thing that makes interesting Gone Girl in comparison to this. Uh, despite the fact that you have a, a female antagonist who lies about an assault, uh, which, again, is its own thorny bag of issues we're going to have to deal with when talking about that film. We're not talking about that film. We've talked about it on the show before. Uh, but in comparison to something like Swim Fan, it definitely says, oh, well, yeah, Ben Affleck is a piece of shit. <laughs> and, and that's the thing that's frustrating is Jesse Bradford is an incredibly likable actor, as Arthur mentioned. The character of Ben is... Uh, not, and it's not really that he's depicted as unlikable. It's just he's depicted as likable in such a milk toast non depiction way that it accidentally wraps around and makes him unlikable just by virtue of the fact that like he can't wrap his brain around how to smoothly break up with somebody that he had a one night stand with. I don't know. It's very frustrating. And as Dustin has mentioned, uh, we get very little interior life into Erica Christensen's character. And I think a lot of these films. Uh, despite them uh, a, a containing uh, crazy lover archetypes uh, of both genders. And I, I did try to think of like all right, well, fear's the big one where there's a, an obsessive male uh, and kind of the only oh well, and then enough, but that's again more about domestic abuse within a, a marriage as opposed to a, you know, a, a, a kooky lover. Uh, but again, I think a lot of these films uh, have very little nuance and understanding and, or appreciation of uh, mental health issues. Uh, they just kind of blanketly paint somebody as, quote, crazy and don't really want to do any homework or deal with anything outside of that, uh, which is where you have something like Swim Fan where it's just like, can you believe it? Sometimes you just give a girl like three pumps in a pool and then she wants to kill you, dude. All right. Sure. OK, whatever. Because uh, bad pool sex has definitely changed a lot of people's lives outside of unintended pregnancy. I don't know. I'm mad at this movie, uh, but not even like in an aggressive way. I'm just kind of frustrated with it because there is so much wrong with it. But those problems start at such a foundational architectural level that it's hard to like level charges of I don't know an unwokeness or whatever the fuck you want to call it. But like this film's uh, egregious missteps in depicting human life uh, become less frustrating because of how bad it is. And when I think in you know something like Gone Girl, which is a you know as uh, in terms of craft a very well-made movie and when it does things that are missteps or miscalculations uh, as far as the story wants to tell i think those things are interesting right it's interesting to problematize a good movie it's just not even fun to problematize a bad movie but i think that's why getting kind of a sampling of of decades uh, you know obviously gaslights a uh, a well regarded uh, beloved film a classic staple of hollywood cinema that's uh, so influential they done da- damn named the abusive behavior after the film um and i think getting that sampling of all the way from gaslight to swim fan is going to be useful just in kind of terms of uh how sometimes there are in fact lots of steps backwards in the way hollywood depicts certain issues right uh, and i think looking at the research of what is life within uh, an ongoing uh you know uh, relationship in which domestic violence is a factor what does that look like uh, at a human level at a statistical level because uh, the one thing that these films do get right is statistically speaking the people you're porking are the most likely to you know uh, cut your brakes i don't know uh, however you want to murder your lover I'm, I'm not here to judge you uh, it's your murder you know take it into your own hands but don't blame it on us we didn't tell you to do it uh I don't know. now it's just time for the bits and riffs section of this show uh i think i've exhausted my ability to to feel smart dustin what about you you feeling smart still or Is uh, your brain turned into pudding yet? no i feel very stupid oh um, good 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 i love it when he feels dumb
2: uh so yeah i think what if i was gonna teach this film i would definitely have had to have had an aneurysm but uh beyond that um i would probably in a you... very
0: very uh drunk department
2: head probably. yeah something like that um I might use this movie if I were teaching, I don't know, I'm, like, I'm, I'm kind of envisioning like a broader film noir or thriller class or something like that in terms of genre, and there'd be sort of a module here where we talk about the various kinds of fatales. Mm-hmm. Uh, the readings would probably, take, would probably come out of Anne Kaplan's uh, book, uh, she's the editor, uh, Women in Film Noir, there's a couple great um, mm-hmm. fatale, and home fatale, which is... I the, was about
0: to ask, do they have a name for it? Is it The, 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 the hum, Butch Brutal The Home Fatale. The Home Fatale, yeah. okay. And, I uh, like mine better, but that's pretty good too. The Butch Brutale? I like that, Thank yeah. Thank you. I'm but Hom right. Fatal's good. Uh, yeah, Mark Wahlberg and Fear. Any good examples that popped to mind? Because I was trying to think of a few more. I
2: was thinking a lot about Anthony Perkins, and not so much in Psycho the first, but in Psycho
0: 4. Oh, where he's on the phone the whole time. When we got to watch this movie for the podcast. Man, we talk about it all the time. It's
2: very fun, but it, it is, again, his he, sexual awakening sort of... Uh, or uh, arousal results in murder, and it does get a lot more into that particular kind of psychology, and then of course the matricide and yeah. the in, uh, the incest that's part of it, and you know the, the
0: wire crossing that takes place in the psychological development of sex murderers, right, For right. lack of a uh, more clinical way to put it,
2: I think you're absolutely right, yeah. and, I, and I think it's just an interesting way to sort of counterbalance some of that. Uh, Again, sort of emphasis on on women themselves. Uh, Then I want to think about uh, a a bit more Fatal Attraction, Mm -hmm. You know, which honestly, that might be the movie I'd screen, depending on the class, the context. I might screen Swim Fan and then just show clips from Fatal Attraction. I don't know. Uh, But it's a better movie by far. And so – but they're
0: basically – I think it's more fun to problematize by virtue of that, I see. Yeah, I
2: think so, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know uh, as far as that goes. Um, I think Basic Instinct is interesting because Catherine Tremell's character is uh, sort of a femme fatale, but she's actually not dangerous, but she is dangerous. It's It's interesting – And
0: Well and then you get to play With Hollywood's uh, Obsession with uh, Dangerous bisexuals Mm -hmm. um, Which is a pretty heavy uh, Tropified thing
2: Right And so yeah a gender You know sexuality That kind of stuff Becomes a little bit More interesting And then go a little bit Old school I mean I'm thinking Lana Turner and The Postman Always Rings Twice Mm -hmm. You know James Garfield Has got a great performance There also kind of A quasi hom fatale As well And then um, Last movie I'd mention Is Double Indemnity um, You know with uh, McMurray and uh, Barbara Stanwyck uh, Because she really is, you know, in many ways, a spider lady, um, sort of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, the archetype uh, for that, uh, the arachnid
0: archetype we're working together. Black Widow? Is that what the word you're looking for is? Scarlett Johansson. uh, You could just say a lady bluebeard. The spider lady who catches you in her web. web. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. Which, yeah, look, that's the thing, right? It's not like women don't do murders. Mm Mm-hmm. But damn, come on. Like do some research on how it happens. Yeah, I don't know. Find, find a motive,
2: you know, and, and you know, some motivation, yeah. It would be You
0: find me three cases of a woman who's bludgeon somebody to death with a baseball bat. Uh, come on. We're getting into spoiler territory now. I'm just mm-hmm. saying it's not it's not <sighs> it's not that. It's not usually how it goes down. Murders Weird and worth studying, yes, yeah.
2: um anyway, so yeah, within that sort of context of those you know again sexual attraction uh that sort of blossoms its way out into murder and thrillers, I think it is an interesting set of uh questions to ask and researches to investigate, and so i would I would use swim fan sparingly, but I would use swim fan in some ways to sort of help mm. frame part of that conversation and, 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 honestly, swim fan just because of the um like or the likelihood of familiarity on the basis of my students. So well, again, as Arthur that.
0: said, it has like even if you haven't seen Swimfan, you're aware of the, the very bad fake screen name Swimfan eighty five or what, whatever they put her yeah, birth year 85, as. Eighty five. Yeah. Uh, what a film. What I'm a ready film. to like really get into it. Is that is that it? Let's get down to business.
1: It's been- Yeah,
0: it's, it's enough n- enough song and dance, enough uh, candle lighting, enough mood setting. Let's get in the pool. Uh, oh, man. Uh, I, don't I don't know how wanna. to swim. Say what? I, I do actually know how to swim. I'd hope so. Um, but, you know, for, for the sake of this conversation, I do not think I uh, do.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So, I mean, there are many things we could tackle
2: first. Um, but, yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I guess I'm thinking the trope... Uh, I'm trying to think of a couth way to say it. Bitches be crazy. Yeah,
0: I mean, let's this go ahead and... <laughs> but that's the trope, though. I mean, that, I that, that, understand that, why yeah. you can't think of a more couth way to say it, because that is the film's like overarching thesis, right? Right, yeah. Like, sometimes you have sex with a gal and she'd be crazy. And again, like, thinking about where we would be uh, in terms of the discussion of what it's like to work on a Hollywood set, regardless of size or scale or project, uh, man... Fuck 2002, huh? Mm hmm. Jeez. I know, I like, uh, you know, I lost a parent in that year, so I've got like extra reason to be mad at it, but I think I'm more mad at Swim Fan But being <laughs> honest with the opioid epidemic right now. Because it's just gross, man. It is and gross. again, I don't know that it read quite as disgusting in 2002, but just like thinking about everything we know about how Hollywood operates now. Uh, I mean, again, things that were open secrets for basically decades. I mean, probably when this film was being made. Uh, it's just so. On its again, it, what we talked about this recently, I think, um, and at the very least, it's come up on the show a couple of times. We talk about some problematic filmmakers, right? And they basically have uh, just laid out for you a list of their crimes, waiting for somebody to bust them. Uh, and it is again. I don't know anything about the production team of this, other than that the editor who does her best to sell that Erica Christensen is, is going through something. Uh, who would you know do a lot of work with Sofia Coppola, like other than that artistic flourish that is you know found in the edit bay, there isn't really anything here for us to go on. No, other than like well, and again, who who knows what? To to be fair, and to like f- try to frame this conversation we're about to have about mental health, like more delicately than this film does. Yeah, sure, like all kinds of things can set off all kinds of people and cause them to do all kinds of things if they're not getting the help they need. For right? sure,
2: I mean, I mean, and then the idea of the, uh, you know. I just don't want
0: anybody listening to this who has, in fact, had to deal with, you know, a stalker, or whatever, right. bad situation. I don't want anybody to feel bad because we're mad at this movie.
2: No, because, I mean, people, I mean, we have experienced breakups in which uh, one party did not want to break up, and the madness that followed that. I mean, that's a real thing, that that, that occurs, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, that that's. Legitimate, you know, and that's, 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 and I mean, and it is a source of anxiety, and I think it's worthy of exploring in a cinematic, you know, sure uh, kind of adventure.
0: And, again, to, to give a little credit, the film late in the game does try to establish, like, that Eric Christensen's character, uh, Madison, has been through, like, a bad year, like, mm-hmm. has had a, a psychically, psychologically taxing year. Uh, that has got her probably more on edge than she would be because we're not led to believe she put her first boyfriend in the hospital right we're not Are led we? one like, way it's or just the kind other. of an accident It didn't really it, get into it did it no but i was kind of under the impression yeah that's true it does kind of the, the mm, movie does leave it
2: ambiguous i, yeah, there's I, nothing I like to your negate reading better
1: either that's fair thank you yeah, arthur i think that's the issue
0: i again i i also like my reading better dustin but as arthur's pointed out it is kind of on the film to let us know one way or the other cuz you know that's kind of how you make a movie. Because I didn't gather that. I thought that she, this is the next guy. Well, there's a lot yeah. that's hard to gather from this film because so many, yeah. again, like so many bits of uh, a very important plot happen because of a page that is only referenced, uh, and by page I mean uh, a message received on a pager. Oh, God, what a great window for film, huh? Uh, it's like this, the wire... What else has got pagers in it making a big deal? I don't yeah, know. It's no. a very short window of time when you ha- your film has both the internet and pagers, though. Mwah. Love it.
2: An ICQ esque kind of chat service, which is hilarious. Oh my God, so
0: funny where every chat's an email. Oh yeah. My God. Ooh, love. I love. Look, from, from, from an aesthetic standpoint, I do love some, some, some dial up punk. You know, I do. Look, Jesus, the H. Uh, yeah. I, can't, I cannot even with just the, the lack of an attempt. To deal with Eric Christensen's character, other than just like we're supposed to accept that this, I don't know, this blonde teenager is was well, she crazy for because her, her cousin
2: be crazy, right?
0: Her cousin who seems like totally fine and normal yeah, this, and like has a hearing aid,
2: has a hearing aid who is
0: clearly like a buff hunk, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the guy from uh, he's one of the guys in Detroit Rock City, a oh, much okay. better movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. what a hunk! He's a good looking guy. They yeah. just put him in these Coke bottle glasses and think you'll believe he's not hot and give him he's a, some sort of monster. Now. I can see that chin. That's a hot man. Don't you lie to me. The Clark can't experiment. That's exactly right, Arthur. How how fugly did the glasses have to be to make that hunk not fuckable? <laughs>
2: it does seem like the movie does try to put him on the Asperger's spectrum somehow or
1: something akin to... Again, I think that's is the issue. We don't get enough to not I don't know, yeah. We don't I know. mean, later in the movie, he's very and, uh, yeah. clear-minded and present. Yeah, like, he's, he's he so gets, helpful. He reasons well, he thinks well, he discusses and converses well. But in the movie earlier, in the hallway, he's just kind of this monolithic doesn't-say-a-word kind of guy. Yeah, and I think that maybe the vibe we're supposed to get right is he's just been so chronically bullied that
0: he's like, all right, well, I I'll just so. keep to myself. Because like, he was probably like a
1: four-foot, uh, you know, 50-pound kid until he reached 12th grade and then just bulked up overnight. Turned this yeah. massive beast of a hunk of Just listening to
0: Henry Rollins speeches doing <laughs> hammer curls in the mirror. Oh, shit, I was talking about me in high school. <laughs> yeah, you <were. laughs> uh, Anyway. I'm very
1: interested, though, in that interior life of the mansion of Erica Christian, because there's yeah. so many of those very yeah, knowing dude. moments where she's on the balcony w- orchestrating what, or watching what has been orchestrated go down, and very- Well, and her
0: aunt seems super suspicious of her, yeah. right. a
1: boy called. Yeah. yeah. There's I mean, so
0: many tidbits that are just not followed up on.
1: And I think that's, you know, obviously the much more interesting movie is to set it in that house and follow her, and- Give us more insight there.
0: Yeah, where's my oral history of this film, right? Like, is the screenplay really good, right? Like, is it like a really deep, nuanced uh, exploration of teen psychology? <sighs> Is I, there an R-rated cut, as you alluded to, that's just, like, full just of wild. sex and
1: gore? It would be the type of movie that would have gotten one in the early 2000s, right? When on DVD, oh, God, when like, a, would have yeah, like, the mid-to-late Yeah, this come out in 06 or 07,
0: yeah. there's definitely, like, a topless shot of not one of the leads in yeah. <laughs> this cut. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I, I think what's interesting, I, I was listening to the Horror queers uh, discussion of this, and uh, one of them was referencing, I can't remember if it was Joe or uh, Trace, I believe, is the other host of that show, mm-hmm. uh, but one of them was referencing that they had went to rewatch this with the director's commentary, which included Jesse Bradford and Erica Christensen. Uh, And uh, he stated that the entire time they were talking about how well made the movie was and the great decisions being put on screen. Oh, my. And they were like, well, I can't really fault Erica Christensen because you don't want to just dog the director while you're sitting next to him. But we could have got that Ben Affleck commentary from Armageddon Mm. on Swimfan. That's what we need. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like, there are so many to kind of, like, take a foot. Because I feel like we'll probably be here on uh bitch's man. Uh yeah, cuz to come back to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the right I mean and again, this isn't locked into uh erotic thrillers, right? I mean, this this is a romantic comedy trope. This is like in everything. It is permeates our, our our film uh culture. But um well, I was going to back that up, but I'll go ahead and stick my claim and say film culture uh writ large uh hang out on film Twitter for a, a couple of years. You'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's it, uh, to this point, though, uh, there are so many flourishes and attempts to, like, do something interesting, right? And, again, I think the editor is doing uh, her best to, like, uh, find an artistic way to depict these moments that Erica Christensen is doing her best to sell. But it's not really giving her anything other than reaction shots to sell, like, her her psychological state. And so we, we get these, like, kind of very John Woo-esque, like, triple cuts mm-hmm. that are cool. Mm-hmm. But, like, don't make the movie that much better and can't make up for the fact that every scene is blue. Can't <laughs> polish a turd. Every single scene. Uh, no, exactly. There it is. You can't polish a turd.
2: And, and I think the turd that we need to acknowledge is, the, the again, the easy, you know, villainization of women because of their femininity. They, they, they are, you know, sexually aggressive. They want what they want. And therefore, they automatically become witches, you know, going back to Salem. And this is,
0: yeah. All right. Well, look, maybe it's just because I've uh, on my quarterly, I want to fight Ben Shapiro kick uh, over him reading the lyrics to WAP. But uh, I mean, this is this is the same thing. It's 2020. And we're still having the same problem. Ben Shapiro gets on his shitty podcast. Uh, you guys think we would have more listeners if we sold out and became far right reactionaries?
1: Oh, most definitely.
0: Yeah. Okay. I just want to take a heat check on that. I don't want to do it. i was just curious. You're to
1: upload this to Canon?
0: <laughs> is <laughs> yeah. that what it is, uh, Arthur? Is we that a... what the kids are on? I don't know. If we Q-anon? start, if we start getting this, uh, it, this gets in QAnon people's ears. K-F-A-Q-Anon. We're going to have Q-anon. a problem. <laughs> is it k Stand. Is that a thing? Ketamine. Is that the next one? QAnon. Yeah. QAnon. QAnon. It's QAnon. Can we get on ketamine? Yes.
2: Well, okay. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. Ketosis. Well, the kids Q- do. Well,
0: actually, you can't. Well, turn that out you actually can. Uh, you can if you've got the right... Uh, prescription steroids. Well, I was just going to say, if you've got the right psychotherapist, you can just go get a ketamine drip and talk about your feelings if you've got uh, treatment-resistant depression. See, these are things that we could be talking about with mental health and film. We're not talking about it here. Uh, but anyway, it's, maybe it's just because I'm mad at Ben Shapiro, right? But like his whole beef with this video is like, see, this is what feminism is really about, is just women wanting to have sex with you and take your money. Okay, dude, calm, calm down, right? Calm down, and that, as Dustin said, that really is kind of the long and the short uh, of analysis that you get from uh, men, some men, uh, when it pertains to like uh, female sexuality in popular culture, right? Uh, is this film is is a, is a bad take over a horny music video? I, it's I don't i it's I think, frustrating, I
2: think though there there is an interesting anxiety and and it's simply just what if the tables were turned? This is sort of like one of those sure. um oh gosh, what is this stupid John travolta movie uh in which White man's burden. There it is. Um, which, which is like the reverse, uh, the reverse world. That's a movie. It's a yeah. It's a movie called White Man's Burden, starring John Travolta, in which uh, the slaves were from Europe and the original colonists were from Africa. The the uh, so uh, it just uh, basically. White people being played by black people and black people being played by white people in we a We can't race watch society. this movie for
0: the show because I'm frankly not prepared emotionally <laughs> or mentally. Uh, oh, there's a and moment. also, none of us should talk about this movie in a recorded setting, but I gotta see this.
2: I will say this. There is a moment where uh, a group of white guys in their pickup come by and they're playing like shred music, you know, really, really loud so in such a way. And you know, these, these very well-dressed African-Americans look and just like, ah, oh, these kids. And, and it's just... <laughs> Funny. You know, like, I love that. It, it's, it's you know, the, the, those yeah, yeah, yeah. there's some interesting moments of reversal sure, sure. here and okay. there that are that are fun in that movie. But what I was saying though is, it is kind of um, now. I think White Man's Burden is trying to do something a bit more interesting than this, um, mm-hmm. despite its failure in doing so. This movie, though, and Fatal Attraction are both thinking about this is what uh, men do to women. And yeah, okay. what and it's and it is a what if the tables were turned. Which I think and is giving terrifying. I, I think more I think.
0: credit, but not too much credit to this film. And I mean, again, Fatal Tracks, which I haven't seen, but if we want to like give it give it a little bit more wiggle room, I think that's a fair assessment, right? And yeah. again, sure. And I think there is something there where a male filmmaker is seeing a problem and is like understanding that there's a problem if we're giving them a lot of credit. But then just I don't know, dude, just Fucking write a movie about a woman. Yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, because it is terrifying the yeah, situation be, women find themselves. Because in.
0: even fear, which you know we we name checked already, is mostly, as I recall, it's been a while since I've seen it, is mostly about the William Peterson character, right? Really? It's about how you better don't let your high school daughter have sex. She might have sex with Mark Wahlberg, which you know is anything for a parent to be afraid oh, of. that Your so child would have sex with the, Mark Wahlberg, it, is but is the father who is has the has to protect. father who has to protect oh, the virginity see? of his, oh, his his white Christian daughter? Yeah. Uh, Blech. white Christian daughters out there, I hope you're all having a lot of sex, uh, and I hope your dads <laughs> are all real mad about it. Uh, fuck them, <laughs> not your dad, but b- fuck their, fuck their feelings. <laughs> oh man, get over it, get over it. I say, you know how much damage I've seen uh, this fucking purity chasing culture do in the last twenty years to people's brains and bodies. A bunch, y'all, a bunch. And I know this seems a little off topic, but it's not really. It is basically exactly the same problem. Like, all of this shit, you, you can kind of try to parse this stuff out and put these in separate conversations. It is all related to an American hang-up about uh, sex, specifically, like, female sexuality. Yeah. That's uh, just, again, as you've said, it is a, s- a horrifying thing that anybody, to, to ex- the experience of being stalked, whether it turns to violence or not, not cool. No. Not cool, not fun. Um... Boy howdy. Uh yeah, uh not something anybody would wish on anybody, I don't think. Uh, but there's more nuance, right? There's yeah. more conversation to be had, especially if you're thinking, man, isn't it wacky that sometimes dudes have to be afraid of gals? Oh man. Like, dude, like what if a chick can murder you? But if you're not if you're not Mind thinking about blown. that the first time you go on a date with somebody, regardless of what gender they are, you're not thinking hard <laughs> enough. Yeah. Uh one of the first questions I asked my now-wife when we started dating was how she would murder me. Uh, the answer was too good, frankly. I probably <laughs> shouldn't have done it. But I'm here now, and I love her too much. So if she does try to you know, uh, put me in a diabetic coma, listener, I don't have diabetes.
1: No, we're not going to say anything. Don't <laughs> no, worry. We're not gonna, well, I know you guys are ready to get rid of me. We're in on it. Um, <laughs> shit, going to place me on the
0: podcast. Damn it. Uh I don't know. I I this is one of those episodes where it would be really helpful if I had actually like continued my education like the two of you and was like credentialed in mental health uh <laughs> as opposed to a, a sideline like armchairist. Uh just, you know, I don't I don't know. It, it, I I wish we had that depth of conversation. It is uh, obviously uh hard and unsafe to uh, get guests on the show. It was always hard to get guests on this show, but uh now it's unsafe to do so. But uh, I, I'm, I just wish there was somebody here with more uh, with a clinical or professional background in, in like examining interpersonal violence or intimate partner violence uh, or, or stalking. Right. Because it is uh, it is one of those issues that like so resoundingly shows the failures of law enforcement. Right. Uh, not to make every episode we do this this year about cops. But uh, the cops we get uh, you know, they have to conveniently write because it's 2002 and a you know, white teen audience isn't going to believe the cops wouldn't help them. They have to make, uh, you know, Jesse Bradford's character have had a, a legal troubles in the past, right? Like cops in, in town don't trust him. Uh, the, he's the prime suspect for his buddy's murder. Like all of that stuff kind of makes sense in the, the, the minutia of the film. But we really don't get into, and I, I think some of the films on the list that I have do actually get into this a little bit more, is... Uh, if somebody's bugging you, guys can't really do anything about it There's a, uh, well, at all. Again, to bring up the
2: better movie, Fatal Attraction, there is a great scene in which Michael Douglas is going to a police officer and uh, trying to figure out what he can do. And the answer is Nothing and things continue to escalate i mean so that's that's revelatory well it
0: shows the benefit of research right like especially if you're writing outside of your comfort zone or your area of like personal knowledge it would and again i know i kind of jokingly brought up like statistically how women tend to commit murders and they're usually not bludgeoning deaths not but again, you know, anybody can murder anybody anyway, but it would it, probably behoove you, if you're writing a screenplay uh, about inter- intimate partner violence uh, and stalking, to do some research, uh, maybe too much research, so much that you have to do a couple of drafts of the screenplay and then go back to the drawing board and make something closer to your original version. But having that knowledge in your brain as you're clacking away at your, your typewriter, because uh, it's the 40s in this scenario... Uh, <laughs> It does something right. Having knowledge, even if it doesn't make it on the page, will inform your process, will inform the themes that you're engaging with. Even, you know, you don't not everybody can make a didactic film, right? Not everybody's Spike Lee. Not everybody can make a film about the thing that they want to talk about explicitly. Uh, and I get it like a lot of I, I I, think I understand the impulse of a filmmaker, whether you know, writer, director, producer, uh, anybody in that getting it. Started getting the wheels running on a production standpoint, I, I get not wanting to take too hard of a stance on anything, right? Like, oh, you don't want to put the theme, themes too front and center. You don't want to, people think you made a preachy movie. But again, having a base of knowledge of any kind uh, about what you want to talk about is going to be helpful. Right. And that just... Whether it's this... I am mean, does Fail Attraction, I guess let's deal with that movie a little bit, since we probably won't watch it for several years now that we've covered Swimfan. Yeah, probably so. Um, does it deal with Glenn Close's, like... Because I know that he's, like, having a full affair with her, right? Like, they're uh, well, having sex, like, multiple times. Like a weekend.
2: It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's like, a wife's out of town for one weekend, he mm-hmm. runs into her to thing. and
0: Like an old friend, like, or just uh, some, they're, some they're,
2: hottie? They're, they're connected through work. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. You know, like Yeah, he, no, he's, like, the lawyer for the company that she also does some editing for. <laughs> Mm. Or something like that, yeah,
0: oh, well, yet another don't shit where you eat story as as swim fan is in a lot of ways, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I mean that that that's the that that's does the he one. put up a marginally bigger fight uh i mean he i mean he's very <laughs> as clear, a married very quick person with children,
2: you know, this is it, we're done, you know, we gotta
0: move on, oh, I meant yeah. the initial encounter
2: uh no, it, like, no, she's, that, that, that basically they they sort of have a meet cute moment, uh-huh. you know, and like they're waiting out the rain and you have a drink, and then she basically, I mean, propositions him. Yeah, and he's like, mm, okay, and uh, they they have a weekend. Gotcha. Okay.
0: I was just curious because again we do get uh, a couple of like moments of Jesse Bradford. Oh, I love my girlfriend, I don't want sex yeah, with
2: you. I mean that that is a weird twist because it does make her him this unwill unwilling seductee, you know, that sort of ends up, I mean, you know rolling my eyes. But you know what I mean though. That that, that, that as opposed to Michael Douglas's character who's like, you know what? Let's go for broke. Why Let's not have an
1: affair? Yeah. yeah. There are no pagers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no pagers yet. Nobody <laughs> knows where I'm at. Yeah. What are <laughs> you gonna do? Call a payphone? <laughs> I guess you're right. That does kind of introduce an interesting, like, complication in this plot, if this plot had time for complications. I don't know. Make it an assault? I I guess. Um, I don't... I don't know, I just, like, I'm so frustrated, right? And Arthur, you brought this up that the the Whore the Queers podcast had kind of gotten into this, uh, uh, the cl- uh Collection podcast. There turns out a lot of podcasts have covered Swim Fan, some good discourse about it, uh, which is fun when it's, you're uh, yeah. getting ready to record. I wish I had, had time to listen to more of them, but I was not about to do four hours of homework for an 80-hour movie, 80-minute uh, movie. But they get in... Felt like yeah, hours Boy, did it. Uh, but they did get into just kind of like, even in O2 you had male critics like being like, boy, is this movie misogynistic. It makes fatal attraction look nuanced, right? Like people Mm -hmm. in O2 did this registered with people.
2: And, and it, I mean, sadly it does. I mean, that's exactly the
0: point I've been trying to make. Is it,
2: which Fatal Attraction is also misogynist, but it makes it look nuanced because this is so. Yeah, is it is it just
0: that extra half hour of Fatal
2: Attraction? I think I think really that does help.
0: Is it just like more scenes with Closer's character, more and scenes his with family, her,
2: more scenes with the family, more scenes of just uh, conversations, just trying to figure things out and deciding what they're going to do and how they're you know you know him making attempts to break it off and you know uh, other steps of escalation, you know, and all that kind of stuff
0: it it's difficult to to find uh really any kind of through line though right because like for instance when he uh uh <laughs> when he is tested positive for steroids uh which arthur uh, was nice enough to send us a uh, a review of swim fan by a swimming coach uh, apparently not really something that they do at the high school level he's a very slow swimmer I Is he? Was,
2: well, yeah, I was watching him. I was like, you're slow and you don't swim,
0: right? Yeah, I don't even know much Should have got a 20. swimming double, probably. Yeah, no? probably. Yeah, I don't bad. think they had budget for that. Yeah, he's not it good. It was a $10 million movie, Dustin. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> a swimming
1: that's double. a lot of money.
0: That's Well, that's what I'm in saying, 2002? right? In 02 that's a, Like, in 2020, you get 10 mil. That, you can make
1: a fucking movie for $10 well, that's million. What, you know the what uh, the Horcourt's referencing. You know, that's like three Bloomhouse films.
0: That, there you have it. And they it.
1: all look better than this.
0: Oh, they, yeah. And they're shooting on digital, which... It's harder to make your movie look expensive a lot of the time. Not always. You've got a, you know access to a red or whatever, yeah. but this movie's shot on thirty-five millimeter, and it, it maybe it is just kind of the lifetimeness of its overall tone and plot. Boy, does it feel cheap? Yeah. Which is you know, it's not like they spent money on the actors. These are all unknowns. Must. It's not like they spent mo- money on music clearances. I have. Boy, love this off brand uh, early aughts uh, uh, skate punk soundtrack, right? The fucking. Uh, the the uh,
1: Not Creed and the Not Evanescence. I was going to say
0: the fourth choices for the Tony Hawk's <laughs> pro skater themes uh, for the soundtrack. Yeah, the, the ones that
1: they were like, well, we can't get clearance for uh, the Superman. Superman cut in a wrestling video game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wrestling video games have better soundtracks than this movie. It's messed up. Uh, I, yeah, again, I guess that's kind of where I'm running out of steam here, though, is like. There's just where did all this money go? It's not in the runtime. Where could it possibly have gone? Because anytime you want to like crack open a question about gender on this movie and like where it's flawed, you go like I don't know. Is there a cut scene that didn't make it? Like what? I don't even know how to engage with this movie at times, and that's that's part of why I'm so flummoxed by it. I think
2: that's fair. I mean, it's totally fair. Uh, so we we've talked about the the sort of you know crazy woman um, as a trope thing. Are there other big th- Things I want to say there could be, but I don't know what they would be. I if they
0: mean, were they are glossed over? That if you're not careful, uh, as, as a young man, a woman will ruin your life, which again is an uh, unnuanced message that could do with some complicating. Yeah, and I'm not one to believe in uh, you know mass media conspiracies, but if I were, boy, would I have my tinfoil hat on for this movie because uh, it definitely does seem to be a film about how uh, again. At Gone Girl's Most Problematic Points, uh another film that's, you know, better than this, so it's easier to kind of like unpack things that this movie does that a better movie also does. Uh and, and its worst points is just how you shouldn't believe a woman ever. Uh even if she's if she says, I know you don't love me, just say it because we're humping, don't believe her. Don't, yeah. She'll go crazy on you. I don't know, or maybe do believe her. <sighs> I'm frustrated by this movie. Uh, I do love that uh she can't swim. That's what you call a Chekhov's gun in the business. Yeah, Uh, and I guess maybe this is a fun place to bring it. Now we'll kind of get to some. How could this movie be more gender equitable? Right. Uh, First of all, make Jesse Bradford murder her. Make him do it. Right. Don't let him off the hook. I knew this movie was going to let him off the hook as soon as it was announced she couldn't swim. I was like, she's going to drown, and he's going to have the option to save her and choose not to wait for him to say, "I don't have to save you." Uh, but yeah, like right. There's like one scene where he gets physical with her, and he's like, "You gotta stop following me." And she does like just a just like a second of like a uh, murder me, daddy thing. Could have used a lot more energy, uh, uh in that regard. Uh, because I think it like complicates it, makes it even weirder, right? Because then it, it does bring in an interesting question, as Dustin said. Like, well, let's you know, we talk about and we be, be, be talk more about it because statistically it happens a lot more. We talk about men, uh, you know, uh, who are. Uh, stalking or abusing uh partners or former partners of theirs that are women and if we are gonna make a film where the shoe's on the other foot i think complicating the violence and the sexuality like even more like make make your capacity for masculine violence completely uh unuseful here and again the film plays with that a little bit uh but we never for a second right think ben's gonna actually like get super physical with her no um i don't know it is less misogynistic if he does, maybe. Um I don't know. Uh probably not, but it's maybe a more interesting movie and I guess that's all I'm wanting from this film. Like even if it makes it more problematic, even if it makes it grosser, seedier, dirtier, at least we'd have more to talk about than uh weird uh, uh color correction choices.
2: Yeah, I mean I I don't know that you can make it less misogynistic because the very premise by choosing to tell that story, I mean you've made a misogynistic kind of choice by choosing something that's much rarer you know not that you can't tell a story about rare events yeah. or you know this you know strange turn of you know turning of the tables but when you do when you make that choice i don't i don't know there's any way out of that well and this is where somebody who
0: you know doesn't uh, understand media literacy, literacy could come out of the woodwork and say uh well, that's what the movie's about though dude i don't know why that's my dumb guy voice for today i know a lot of people that talk like that that aren't dumb i'm having fun making that my dumb guy voice uh yeah somebody had to choose what the movie was going to be about movies don't just like Happen in a vacuum. Somebody like chooses a story that they want to tell. And when you start on that groundwork, you better be engaged with the fact that you've picked an inherently like misogynistic premise just by virtue of that. I think Fear came out before this. And that really, yeah, what, that's 96. like 96. Okay, I thought it was even later Good than that. Good night. It may be 97. But so yeah, it,
2: a movie like that's out, and you just say, I'm going to make High School Fatal Attraction.
0: Well, I'm going to make fear, but what if uh, it was less interesting and the rules were reversed? Because, like, yeah, High School Fatal Attractions already been made, and somebody was smart enough to go, well, High School Fatal Attractions, obviously, like, about a boy that you can't get rid of.
1: Mm-hmm. And, like,
0: there is some, like, interesting stuff, whether, you know, even though we've kind of uh, picked on that movie for the POV, mostly being the father, there's something there, right? There's something there about being an adult man and having a basically adult boy uh, show up at your house and be weird and violent and not want to leave and not like have any respect for your family's boundaries. That's, that's fucking weird and scary. And I know people have had to deal with that. Uh, yeah. I thankfully have not been the boy in that situation. Uh, a lot of other dumb shit, uh, on my track record, but not one of those. Uh, but yeah, that movie for that movie to already exist. And for somebody to go, what if we made it shorter and PG 13 and more problematic yeah. I don't know. Um, we should watch Fear at some point. That would probably be a fun... I wish I'd had time to get that film squeezed in. I know it's not streaming right now. Um, I'm there for it. But uh, it's more interesting than this, at least uh, on my memory recall. Do we have any biggies on the eye chart we've missed? I mean, there is there an eye chart? Is there a room? <laughs> Can you it see was underwater with
2: your eyes open? Or is the chlorine burn your you really eyes. You have the goggles for this well, one. Well, to
0: backtrack to Hannibal again, yeah, it's it's like uh, looking at a clock uh, that somebody with encephalitis drew, right, where all the numbers are bunched up in the right corner, all, all 12 digits are just clumped together. Wait, what'd you hand me? You said this was an eye test. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's Yeah, it's a dumb, frustrating movie, uh, and every bit of analysis you want to stick on. I mean, that this, if nothing else, makes a case for uh, some movies are... Too bad to analyze.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, we did do it. We I tried. Mean,
0: we, we did do a
2: thing and talk about a problem. But yeah, there's not enough there there for much more than that. So let's go ahead and render a verdict then with the <laughs> film. Um, shelf or trash, Arthur?
1: I, I think we all know where this one's going. It's straight in the trash heap. Uh,
2: that's fair. Uh, Dalton,
0: shelf or trash?
2: Mm. Put us in suspense. Yeah, no,
0: it's trash, obviously. I'm just trying to think of what else I'll ever say. If I ever have the good fortune... Uh, to run into uh, eric christensen uh, or jesse bradford ford i almost said his name very weird uh or sherry appleby i'll probably not bring up swim fan make sure yeah. sherry appleby i'm obviously going to bring up unreal which is a great television show uh i don't know this is a bad piece of shit movie you shouldn't watch it don't let anybody convince you it's good some asshole online wrote a thing about how it's actually a secretly good movie and maybe the best movie of 2002 that schmuck wanted clicks Uh, No, be honest with yourself. Be honest with your film takes. Sometimes things are hidden gems, and we try to find those on this show as best we can. This isn't one of them. It's bad. It should have stayed forgotten. I think we've done a sin uh, both to film analysis and podcasting by talking about it. I don't feel good. I'm ready to go home and go to bed. All right. um, Trash. So there we go. We're done. Oh, Breath is a soul whiff. This guy over here.
1: We can't go out with this one. So we're going to try one more time. Let's double the erotic. Let's double the thrills. Yeah. Let's make it real weird. Oh yeah. Because next week, uh huh, we're watching Splice. <sighs>
0: Splice. All right. So uh, much I've, hornier. <laughs> I've not seen it, so I'm excited. Dustin, you are going to love this movie. I have not either. I. Uh, li- it's kind of an updated species, though, right? Yeah. It's it's very very much in that line. It's directed by um, I forget his name, the guy that did uh, Cube. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. It's a Canuck film. Uh, it's got Sarah Pauli. Speaking of, of great uh, filmmakers, uh, well, filmmaker and actor from the Great White North, uh, she's great in it. Uh, Adrian Brody's fine in it. Uh, the last time I watched this, I was fortunate enough to uh, see it here back when you could go to things. Uh, Eric King, uh, another OKC podcaster, um, hosted a screening for the Oklahoma Film Club After Dark uh, to nice. show this film because uh, I think him and one of one of his other cohorts in that that endeavor, are big fans of this movie. But yeah, I've, I've saw it in theaters. I uh, saw it recently just because some knuckleheads wanted to screen it here in the city. Uh, I l- freaking love this movie. Uh, I'm excited to revisit it. It's only been like a year since I watched it, so I'm I'm even more excited to jump back in because now I'm not going to get sucked into it. I'm just going to be really scrutinizing it the whole time, which is a fun watch.
2: Cool, cool. All right, well, there you go, dear listener. Take a look at Splice. Don't take a look at Swim Fan. You keep watching, we'll keep talking, and we'll see you all next time.